It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. All right, Sandy Rios, uh, guess what? I'm at CPAC, and we're on Radio Row, and one of my favorite friends, the pundit friends, is sitting across from me. It's always a pleasure to see the former congressman from Virginia who surprised the whole establishment Republican world by beating Eric Cantor over the issue of illegal immigration. And uh, that was, if he doesn't do anything else in his life, that'll be a major victory. But he's done a lot of other things. Dave, thanks for joining me, Dave Bratt. Sandy Rios, my favorite also. Thank you. God bless everything you do. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you and I have talked so many times that people probably know, but we need to repeat, that you are at Liberty University. You are the dean of the School of Economics. Business, yep. You business, got it. School of Business. Yep. It's a great place to land. I, great place to land. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah, the, the students, I, it, they are unique. They're the best of the best in the world. And I, I'm not kidding you. You, 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 you walk in there. You walk, Any parent, come visit. Go, go walk in the cafeteria. Don't take my word for it. Just walk in, start saying hi to the like students. Like a breath of fresh air yeah. in uh, this just, crazy world that yeah. we're living in. Yeah. And, you know, um, this this is old news, but you the law school was built up uh, several years ago, and you're graduating in the midst of what we're seeing in the legal circles. Yeah. And I would say our legal world has turned upside down. Yeah. You can find so little integrity. That's right. Uh, they don't really care about the Constitution. They have a whole different frame of referencing and that's why we have so many terrible judicial not, uh, situations and yep. they're not our friends anymore so how are they i wonder how the liberty then no this is not your yeah. your bailiwick yeah but i wonder how a liberty law students are faring in that world oh they're well they're faring but it's it, it is a fight out there like you said but we've stuck to our knitting right we we have a biblical worldview through and through on everything on business economics law everything <laughs> And, uh, you know, we just need all the churches in this country and all the Christians. Who are, we still got probably 60, 70 percent of the people, but half, half the Christian folks don't even vote anymore. And so we all need backup. And uh, if we ever get our team going again, right, with, with a good quarterback in the House and the Senate and the president again, it's time to wake up. You see what's going on in Ukraine right now and freedom in Canada, freedom here. You got the unjustice department. The CIA and the FBI have been fully exposed. So you're right. We got we got tons of work to do. It's still recoverable, but boy, it's get it's getting close. It really is getting close. Yeah. It's like a teeter totter. Yes. That's the way I view it. It's right. like it could go either right. way. Yep. That's what I say. Uh, we are in danger of losing the republic, but it's not too late. And right. I, I feel that yep. that's true also. Uh, I should say that you. How long many years were you in Congress? Four. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> it seems like you really were there a, a much longer than it that because you really made your mark. Yep. And um, and then, of course, they targeted you for defeat by yep. um, uh, Abigail Spanberger, yeah. right? Yeah, both sides, Republicans and yeah, Democrats, yeah. just yes. so people... Right? A little vengeance just going so on there. Just so people understand. I, 
I, I got to share a one-minute story, too. Please. All of these blue-blooder Virginian elites, right, that run the corporate, the people who supposedly run Virginia, they're like, Dave, you got to compromise, blah, 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 with the Marxists and all this crazy stuff you're seeing. And, you know, you're a little too red-hot on some of this stuff. Well, when the riots came to Richmond and went down Monument Avenue and took knocked down the monuments and the Marxists are in full display, graffitiing everything, Cary Town, the liberals knocked out and bankrupted all the liberal businesses. And all those leaders, all those blue bloods who were talking, right, quietly behind the scenes with their money, guess where they were? Nowhere. Hiding under a rock. Mm-hmm. Right? So everybody needs to learn this lesson real quick. You, you, need a, you need trusted leaders who will tell the truth and then stand up for you. And, fight, and you, you better start electing those type of people. Well, that's a theme for me. And you, you probably know that. It's been a theme for me a long time. I, I have no patience. We don't have time for placeholders in no. Congress. That's why I'm working against my own congressman in my own district, because he does nothing. He smiles. He's got great hair, yep. you know, and he, for the most part, okay. votes the right way, and that's yep. all that matters, you know. Yep. And he uh, cooperates with leadership. So he's in, like Flynn, and yep. he comes home and he holds babies and goes to church, and yep. I've had it. I've yep. had it. And those people need to go. Yeah, well, one good marker coming up for everybody to see is going to be the budget vote. Anyone that goes along yes. with a $1.5 trillion deficit, I voted no back in the old days for trillion-dollar deficits, and I took grief. And that was my number one issue, right? I was an economist and went to seminary, so I like to think I got a conscience and was doing the right thing. But you, you just keep an eye out. When they say bipartisan, don't let don't – let, any representative get away with this bipartisan thing for something that's bad. That's just a cloak word that means we're about ready to tank you and and your wallet again. Yeah, totally. And they've been doing it over and over and over again. You know, um, I know you're not in Congress anymore, and I don't... Well, you guys do like a broadcast out of liberty. So you're staying up on... You know, when you're teaching and running a school department, (laughs) you have other things to think about than uh, the the news, which is what I have to do. I have to do this every day. Can I I trade places with you? But um, uh, so, um, (laughs) so uh, the economy. Let's talk about that because you are you were professor of economics when you were elected, and you did go to seminary and got your master's of divinity or your degree in divinity. And so, so Dave, we have to talk about the economy. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like I, it's, it almost feels irredeemable to me. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, it. We, we thirty trillion in debt, nine trillion extra on the Federal Reserve balance sheet in funny money, right? A hundred trillion unfunded liabilities, Medicare, Social Security, all that, and all of that would be solvable if, right, if we were investing in a real economy, right? Capital investment in business. On the news every night, like you say, there's never it's investment in green new deals and investment in you know, infrastructure. There's never any investment in business or just as important human capital. And in fact, the the COVID thing with K to 12, we're ruining human capital for the last two years. The kids, right? So we're not we're not challenging them and stimulating them. And it, it, at Liberty, I'm 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 pushing technology on the entire school of business. We're embedding technology across every course implementing real skills because uh, when the students go out our, our big five tech firms this is good on the economy too i'll give you my one minute sermon here no, real please. quick so that if you add up all the stocks in the world there's 90 trillion dollars in market capitalization 90 trillion the u.s out of 90 is 40 trillion china is 12 trillion and here comes the punchline our big five U.S. tech firms have a market cap of 12 trillion, the same as China. 
our big five monopolies, right? Microsoft, Apple, Google, et cetera, Amazon. Those five firms run the world right now, right? So whenever you see the market go up and down, the rest of them are almost trivial, right? They're not really. But those five, they dictate whether that board's red for the day or green for the day. And our five firms are also as big as all of Europe combined. So each firm is like, one's France, one firm is England. And so I'm, I'm telling all of our students, get get into tech. And they say, well, I'm not a tech person. I'm like, that's saying you don't like oxygen. Right? <laughs> it, it's the world you're going to live in. And we need Christian leadership out in that sphere. That's great. And so we're, uh, we're on the move. And uh, parents, you know, send, send your kids to Liberty and, and, and tell them you got to take the tough stuff, right? You can learn the cool, jazzy stuff later. That's right. Right, the Elon Musk headline type stuff. Right. Like, you can right. learn that on your own. But when you're in college, you got to bust your chops doing the quantitative stuff. The nuts and bolts. Accounting, finance, yep. technology, yep. all that stuff. Yep. I have never, ever asked you, I don't think, in our conversations about the economy, about the World Economic Forum. I right. don't think I ever right. had a grasp, not that I do now, Yeah. on, uh, on what they are and yeah. what they're really doing. But I would love to hear your thoughts about it, David, because now it's becoming more of an issue with this great reset. We're actually seeing what they're doing play out before our very eyes. So your thoughts about the World Economic Forum? Well, you know all about it, and and uh, it's what's come to pass in the past five to ten years. It's the populists versus the elitists, the global elites, right? And so the thing that Americans, right, I'm from Michigan, Minnesota, you know, everybody's Iowa nice out there is the phrase, right? Minnesota nice. Uh, and Christian nice. Christians can't comprehend that people would actually sell out your own country, right? That we're all in this together. We're, we all work for companies. Of course, you want to make money. That's a good thing. Uh, but a company would never sell out the United States of America to, to make more profit, would they? Well, the answer, unfortunately, is yes. The, the Klaus Schwabs and the, all the, the global elites, etc. And, and Soros, right, <laughs> made his gazillions on shorting the silver market 20 years ago. And so that, that's it. You know, but they're so bold now. Like they did that conference, I believe, in fall of 2019, where they declared what they want to do. They've actually written a book declaring right, right. that they want to destroy, you know, small businesses, that they want to control everything. Yes. It's just... Right. No, they, they made it clear. And I, a, a, a couple months ago, I heard one of my guys that came to our China summit, uh, Elmer Yuen. He's one of the leading dissidents out of Hong Kong. And he made a remark. He said the same people that took out Trump, President Trump, are now going to take out Xi Jinping in China. Well, this is the group we're talking about, right? And so, and the billionaire, the, the, the oligarchs, Trump upset the apple cart. Xi Jinping now is getting rid of the billionaires over there, right? He's going full in Marx and Confucius, right? So that's Xi Jinping thought. If people want to Google that, it's a real thing. Xi Jinping thought. But anyway, so I put that in one ear and didn't mention it a whole lot until... A week ago, guess who showed up saying the same thing? George Soros. Right? So he's out it's on... It's the heart of communism. You know, yeah. well, of course, they yeah. during the uh, um, the revolution in China, that's exactly what they did. They The business... They, that You know, we talk about racism. That's yeah. how they demonize people here. Right. And, and in Russia, they demonize the peasants against yeah. the bourgeois. But in... Uh, China, it was the business people. Yeah. They demonized and destroyed sure. them yep. and destroyed the businesses and their families. Yep. And so now it's, here we go yep. again. Well, and, but this one's a double twist 
Because now the, the billionaires, Tencent and Alibaba and all those Chinese firms, those billionaires are going to kick out Xi Jinping because he's ruining the billionaires. Seriously? So, oh, yeah. So, do they think you think they have a chance to do that? I think they got a chance. Seriously? Keep, no, that's an angle I had not I heard. I hadn't heard it either. I never thought I'd root for billionaires. I, I, <laughs> I that's amazing. No, that Keep your eye. I'm just saying. When Soros comes oh. out and validates it. And they and it, 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 it's not just you know a phrase. They Elmer Ewan said that uh, Xi Jinping has probably about forty percent of the big China family. So he doesn't have a lock like I thought he did. I thought he had a lock, and he doesn't. I don't think. And so we'll see. And then we'll. See. I, I think China's economy is also cracking. Right? They used to grow at nine or ten. Now they're down to four or five. They got a huge real estate total crack up, uh, and that, that's the only place the average China. Chinese can invest, right? They don't have markets like we got. So they all buy these apartments that are unfinished as their investment vehicle. And now the whole it's kind of like 08, 09 here with a real estate crisis. Really? Yeah. And so every and then Xi Jinping comes in and does his three red line policy which basically made it impossible to do leverage, which is a good thing, which is what we should have done, right? So you can't get levered up, you know, 100 to 1 at leverage in, in financial markets. So he came in and did that, but he's popping the bubble. And, and so the bubble's hurting the average Chinese person. Well, the other who's thing that's. The, the other thing, uh, Dave, when you, I never thought about the economic effect of this, but China's everywhere. They're in yeah. South America, Central yeah. America, yeah. they are in Europe, they are in. Yeah. Uh, they're everywhere. And that costs money. Yeah. And so I never thought, you know, remember the, uh, the Soviet Union, right. as you well know, yep. fell because they, they spent all their money in their military might and the, 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 the economy crashed. Yep. Yep. You think that could happen in China? Yeah. No, I, oh, I Lord, think it please. is. Oh, Lord, please. Yeah, I follow. Oh. We, we, I had an Africa summit a year ago. I remember. We you brought in that. 10 heads of state uh, yep. to liberty from Africa, sub-Saharan, all Christian. Right? The vice president of uh, Nigeria, just tremendous legal mind, Christian, mm -hmm. uh, and he... He did great things after the summit, saying we got to do more of this Judeo-Christian thing here. <clears throat> but they're very Christian, right? Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa is very Christian. And uh, all of a sudden, if you watch the Africa Report or Africa News, China is already reneging on its deals uh, to a lot of the African countries because of what you just said. They're getting over-leveraged. Uh, the Belt and Road, hugely expensive, right? They were trying to carve out the whole Eurasian landmass all the way through the Middle East. Uh, up through Europe, through sea lanes to the ocean, so they got security right. pass. Big, big, they, they were going to conquer expensive. the world. They're setting yeah. out to conquer the and world, I, but they may not be able to afford it. I, I never so. thought of that part of the story. That's really interesting. All right, so uh, one last thing before I have to say goodbye yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. How, the economy here, look, we're Americans are not buying Chinese products as much. I yeah. think America has soured on China, yeah, and even though our so. businessmen are, men are still having these relationships with yep. them, I think that's drying up, don't yep. you? Yeah. So Yeah, and remember, it's our genius class, our elite class, our Harvard MBAs who run the world, right? Everybody should read the book called The Golden Passport if you want a funny read. But those guys, for efficiency reasons, said, let's stick all of our supply chains for everything in the world that we make, including medicines and, you know, defense stuff, whatever, in China. Yeah, chips for yeah, our cars. Chips for yeah, chips so, so I can buy cars. So the geniuses are not always geniuses. Yeah. Oh, they're not. You know, I used to have arguments with those geniuses. Years ago, right. just yep. my, my gut said, why are... 
No, you don't have no, open borders, and you d- don't, you good. have to be American citizens. What are you talking Very about? Good. Yep. But they have talked about it was free trade. Free trade was their Same gospel, yep. you know. So, yep. Dave Brack, keep preaching, Sandy. It's so nice to see you. God bless also. everyone out there. I get nice yes. calls from all of you once in a while. So, uh, God yeah. bless you. Thanks for being my friend. We have a great audience, and yep. they love you. So, Congressman David Brack. Now the dean of the School of Economics at yep. uh, Liberty. And Got go it. Liberty. Go so, Liberty. Go yeah. Sandy Rios. Thank All you. right. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. All right, Sandy Rios. I'll be back in a second in the morning on AFR Talk. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Well, good morning. Sandy Rios coming to you live from the Rosen Shingle Creek Hotel. Beautiful hotel, really, here in Orlando. And much freer than the hotel last year, where they had monitors telling us to pull up our mask, pull them over our nose. You don't have your mask on. It was just pretty miserable. I remember uh, being barked at. I almost got taken away by one of the, seriously, by one of the evening guards. I was sitting behind the, the bar working, trying to set up the booth and my banner, and I didn't have a mask on, and that was terrible. But this is not the case this year. We are a free people down here in the Rosen Shingle Creek Hotel. And why am I here? I'm here because it's CPAC 2022. And uh, when we come, you know, I, it's my pleasure to interview. A lot of people that I interview are actually people I know well, but I never see them. But I have great respect for them. It's uh, They do wonderful work. They're on the cutting edge. And, uh, and one of them is sitting before me today. I, indirectly, I work with Terry Schilling in D.C. And uh, Terry is the head of the American Principles Project. And that's a relatively new. I remember when you guys started. How long ago, How long was that, Terry? So we were actually founded in 2009 yep. as a uh, reaction to President Obama and the Republican Party starting to cave. Um, but we've had a lot of different faces, but we finally found this niche around pro-family politics. Yeah. Well, and uh, you've done a great job. You know, when I, uh, you, you wouldn't know this because you, you wouldn't know this, Terry, but when I was president of Concerned Women for America, we really were the leaders on those issues. And I, my staff was just... Uh, Robert Knight and Pete, you would, people, Pete LaBarber, just a great staff who were experts in this field, and they brought so much history and knowledge. And we were out debating on television, you know, the night of the uh, Lawrence v. Texas decision out of Texas. We were all over the airwaves, and we were there every night fighting that battle. But there were so few people that were principled, and even in the pro-family movements then, really. I, I don't, and that's a big, big broad sweep, so forgive me for disparaging all of your favorite pro-family groups as you're listening. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, I was uh, front row seat to the fact that there weren't many of us fighting, but we were fighting it. And so there was a void, a terrible void. When I moved back to the D.C. for the second time, uh, they, the whole gays in the military thing passed without a whimper. I mean, nobody fought back mm-hmm. from my vantage point. Mm-hmm. And it just made me sick because um, CWA wasn't fighting and mm-hmm. others were not fighting. They might have said something. They might have, I, oh, this is my favorite thing, they might have sent a mean tweet. Mm-hmm. But nobody actually did anything. Right. And so, Terry, you've marched in to fill that void. And I'm very grateful. Yeah. Well, in, in the military stuff, you know, the LGBT stuff was just, a, or the gays in the military and, and, and gay marriage and all that, that's just a precursor to, like, their real end goals, right? Like, they tricked us. They kind of lulled us in sleep. Like, oh, how does it affect you and your marriage to let two people who love each other, you know, live together? And now we're starting to see why that was important, right? We're living through the consequences. And things in the culture war have gotten so bad that Republicans almost caved just recently on on putting women into the draft. Oh, yes, they did. It's crazy. Conservatives wouldn't fight. Marsha Blackburn right. was in favor of that. They, I, I was stu- and, and Joni Ernst. Right. 
It's it's oh. absolutely crazy, and there's this toxic mentality that we can't fight anything oh, I know. if it's unpopular. And there are some issues that you can actually move the needle on by educating people. Sure. You don't always start off in an advantageous position. Well, because I was there earlier, and I saw how this th- thing happened... Um, you know, there used to be just an understanding that there were two different genders <laughs> and that marriage was between a man and a woman. That's like, uh, you know, that's like breathing. Yep. And suddenly this began to be challenged. And uh, whatever challenge there was, there was fierce because the, the radical leftists, you know, they wrote a, a book, uh, After the Ball which was kind of their template uh, in the 80s. I've read it. Yeah, okay, so you know what I'm talking about. And they had laid out what they were going to do, and they really, they were superb strategists, and they were um, overwhelming opponents. Yep. And we were not prepared. So um, I watched it all happen. And, and um, But now we're at this. The issue, we've just given up on gay marriage, and we've certainly, you know, look, I need to say this, uh, on the issue of homosexuality as a Christian, I, I just believe that God has created us to... I believe the most beautiful expression of your sexuality is with a man and a woman. We're biologically created that way, and uh, I don't think homosexuality is good for people. I well, think it hurts them. Well, and, and, and it's important to remember why that's beautiful and why it's important. Mm-hmm. And it's one simple thing. It leads to the creation of new human life, right? Like this is... You can create things. You can build things. But this... You can build a building, right? But that's nothing, to creating a new human life. And that's why sex is so important to get right. And and frankly, in a sane world, in a sane country, that it's a good country, we would be doing everything to uh, direct all of our sexual energy towards marriage, towards family, family towards yeah. having kids. But we are living in a society where our government is actually doing the exact opposite, trying to di- di- divert uh, our sexual energy to everywhere but marriage, everywhere yes. but having children. Right, because they're trying to deconstruct the norms. That's right. And that's a communist thing. But also, I say, goes back a little further. I believe that was a Satan thing. But I, I don't know. Uh, Terry, I honestly don't know if you guys have a religious base. I don't know. I know that your your principles are great, so we're aligned with that. But do you guys, you're, as an organization, do you have a... A faith base, or are you going on just the, the facts of the scientific facts, which actually comport with what, what scripture teaches? Yeah, so I don't think you have to divorce the two. No, I think that I um, the scripture and the Bible and our faith actually informs us of what the truth is. Um, and so all of our policy positions are based on a Christian worldview and what mm-hmm. Christian um, public policies would look like to advance humanity. I mean, that, that's ultimately what's at the heart of Christianity is. Human prospering, human, human human fulfillment, and and true happiness. And but but with that being said, we don't uh, we don't overly you know focus on religious aspects. We're we're basically as religious as the founding fathers, right? We we acknowledge that our rights come from God, and that there are inalienable inalienable rights and and um, just eternal long lasting truths, and that's all based on God. But we we make the case directly to people, and I you know. The Bible helps me understand what truth is, but I think that when it comes to American society at large, they still don't even... I mean, we're we're still debating gender now. I mean, it's crazy. Well, we're post-Christian. Right. And so you can't make the arguments in the same way. And... And I'm with you. You know, all truth is God's truth. So God's truth is that there are... The convenient thing is that what we learn in Scripture actually turns out to be true. Truth actually ends up being true, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that is the foundation for my reference. But I often, you know, because I did media for so many years um, uh, with Fox and other and all kinds of outlets, um, 
you make the case in different ways, but it's still the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so I'm rambling here. But now the, now the issue, we've sort of given up on gay marriage. We don't say anything about homosexuality and uh, how it is adversely affecting gay men, mm -hmm. the disease, the, the brutality in the mm -hmm. gay community. We're not allowed to talk about that because that means hate. Mm -hmm. When actually we love them. Right. We care a great deal about them. I can't tell you how many debates I've had with gay men and and, and um lesbians because of my compassion and love for them okay i so. think it's really important on all of these issues that we're fighting what, whatever aspect of cultural marxism that we're fighting it's important to be clear about who the real enemies are yes and i think that a lot of times we've gotten the wrong enemies right like we've we've, we've determined that you know it's transgender people that are enemy like some t or at least that's how the media tries to portray it right. when reality there are two big enemies on the transgender front that are actually hurting transgender people or gender dysphoric people as i like to refer to them and that is big pharma and the democratic party the democratic party is exploiting them politically to to try and demonize their political opponents and and get more more power but big pharma is profiting off of these people and they're exploiting their it, look it's obviously there's something mental going on with these people and that's okay you don't lose your humanity when you have a mental illness in fact like i think like 50 percent of americans have some type of depression or anxiety or some type of mental illness it's just important to recognize that so that we can get them the proper care so we don't encourage it and right. that's the thing like that the suicide rate among transgenders is so high you know and so this is the motive out of which we operate. Those of us that are people of the book, mm -hmm. uh, we operate out of compassion. But, of course, that never, that never gets printed up. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make a New York Times headline. But l let's talk about the practical things that are happening, mm -hmm. Terry, that we're seeing in public. And uh, so one thing that's become the eye of the storm, I think it's not the full picture. It's just a portion of the story. But maybe it helps people to understand mm -hmm. why this, it's been a great teacher. And mm -hmm. that is uh, men who have transitioned into women competing in women's sports. And I want to stop for a second and play a clip because recently in the swimming world, as you well know, uh, a transgender female, uh, it's a man actually, but uh, won the championship. And let's listen to this clip just as a stage for our next discussion. Hard freestyle should be a very fast meet with the defending champion swimming in lane six. We've got eight swimmers in the pool, Alex, and three of them, Isaac Hennig, Leah Thomas, Ashley Post, in the prelims, all set new program record in this event. Isaac Hennig had such a great swim last night in the medley relay victory for Yale, and Jim Henry said gave him a lot of confidence in himself for what he threw down this morning. He's currently neck and neck with Leah Thomas in the middle of the pool as they go into the final turn. Thomas made up some ground after Hennig had the early lead. Hennig is still staying stroke for stroke. Thomas edging ahead there in lane five. Leah Thomas to the wall first at 47.63 seconds. And that is a new Ivy League meet record. Leah Thomas erases Hennig's record from earlier this morning. Isaac Hennig settles for second place with a time that was nearly as good as he swam in prelims, just two hundreds off that right, outstanding so that's a, that's a, well, that's a report. I just wanted to bring the report. They, they, of course, they're announcing as though 
business as usual, but it's not business as usual. Describe, Terry, what just happened. So basically there are two uh, transgender swimmers going up against each other. Uh, one is a transgendered female, so she identifies as a male, and, the, and that's Isaac Hennig. And the other is a transgendered male who identifies as female, uh, uh, Leah Thomas. And they are going neck and neck and competing. You know, it's important. There's a lot going on here. And so I kind of want to break it down a little bit. So in order to compete in women's athletics, the male, Leah Thomas, has to take what's basically performance decreasing drugs. Right. Like we we usually have a problem with performance enhancing drugs because of the nature of, of athletics. So he's required to take these drugs just to compete, and he's still number one, right? He went from being ranked 476th in the male's division to now number one in the female's division. This is absolutely insane. It's cruel, and we we need to reject it all. And the other swimmer is a woman who's transitioning to a man who's taking male hormones, right, to enhance her strength. Oh, it's... uh, you know, you have to laugh. It's like, what? And then you've got the world of sports, like treating it like it's just uh, business as usual here. And uh, in lane one, it's just, it's bizarre. This is what unregulated and unrestricted capitalism looks like, right? And it's an immoral people that make money any way possible, right? We, America, even 20 years ago, would never be making money off of these types of sporting events and exploiting people for profits like this. But we've had a huge change. And, and Sandy, I think you're right. We have entered a post-Christian America. Um, and that's that's not good. And we are just in the beginning of a post-Christian America. It's not even as bad as it's going to get. But the good thing is is that we, there's always room to fight. And we have the truth on our side. And we, ha- we must fight, is what I'm trying to say, is it, we can't give up on this. It it, there's so much pain and suffering that we need to avoid, and, and the only way to avoid that is through fighting. Yes, and, and you know, it looks as though, like Leah Thompson, who's sweeping up, Leah, is, uh, you know, winning, and this is great, but you and I both know that behind the scenes, like I think of uh, uh, the, yeah, the trans, the famous transgender female now, Caitlin Jenner. Caitlin. Uh, did, no one could look at her and think that there's not a tremendous emotional struggle. And then I think of friends that I know that have transitioned. I think of Walt Heyer, who was a yep. became a woman and then became transitioned back to a man. He's really been on the forefront. There's so much suffering and psychological gymnastics, and they never feel like they belong. So while Leah, Tom, just to speak of him, because he's a him, in particular, the suffering nobody cares about that. It's mm-hmm. like a useful story. Um, and um, but the the net effect is that women athletes, mm-hmm. of course, they got nowhere mm-hmm. where they can win now. No, that's right. If this goes, you know, and I could in the NFL, it's going to happen in the NFL. You know it is. How could it not? Right. No, it's, the problem is everyone thinks that these problems just solve themselves or that they run out of gas eventually. That's not true. You have to stop. Uh, Look, this this whole women's sports thing, we started to make it an issue back in 2019. And what we were trying to do is show the harms of the Equality Act, which would put sexual orientation and gender identity into civil rights law, like, really bad and stuff. And erase any difference between the genders. Exactly. It's basically the ERA, except in civil rights law um, instead of the Constitution. So the, the thing about all of this is the trans sports issue helps educate Americans and get politicians more comfortable and fluent. On, look, they're changing our language, right? Like, they're introducing new words. I don't think, I still don't think most Americans 
can accurately explain what a transgender woman is. It's very confusing. And if we were being accurate and honest, we would be saying things like transgendered male. And and people would understand that a lot better. Um, So we had to educate people. But I think that at the end of the day, this is all about profits for the healthcare industry, profits for big pharma. If you go back to Obamacare, there's a section uh, 1557 that bans discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Obamacare was implemented in 2013. That's when we had the explosion of transgenderism in America. That's where it all started because what they did was they forced insurance companies and state health care plans to subsidize transgender medicine, the surgeries, the hormone treatments, all of that. Before that, people couldn't do the surgeries because they're like $70,000 you know, for whichever one you want. And these, these monthly, daily hormones that these kids have to take, those are very expensive too. And this is why. So you had government collusion with the insurance companies. To the, they're charging all of us, by the way. It's not just the transgender people. So you've got big pharma, the insurance companies, and big government all colluding to just bilk us for more money and more money. And the reason they're going after the kids is because those are lifelong customers. So, Terry, and then we could also say, well, there's so much to say. You know, I could, really, we could go on for hours about this, like uh, what Obama did with the edu- forcing schools to start uh, providing for transgender children bathrooms and all of that. That's when that started. Or not, they wouldn't get their funding. So it's just deep and icky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, so what's the solution here for us who really believe that there are two genders, because that's true, and that this is destructive force? What's the solution for Well, I, I would say it's a few things. I think we need to, unfortunately... We have to define male and female in our law. And there's a, there's a few bills out there right now, but we have to stop pretending as if transgenderism is a legitimate category to classify people under. It is not. It is a lie. It's being used to exploit you know, people with gender dysphoria for money and profit. So we have to cut off the money stream. They built a whole Abvi, the company that makes Lupron, they made $726 million off of that puberty blocking drug in 2018 alone. That was four years ago. How much are they going to make this year? We've allowed them to build an industry around this where they can use the money to, to, to lobby. I think that's the biggest thing. We need to cut off their funding streams force uh, healthcare plans to stop funding this stuff and stop forcing all of us to fund it with our tax dollars and our premiums. And so the American Principles Project is all over that. So I highly recommend their stuff. Uh, Watch for Terry. He's on the television all the time. And uh, anytime he speaks, it's worth listening. And Terry, we'll talk about this again, I promise. Okay, American Principles Project, based in D.C. They're doing great work, and we are very grateful for what we do. Thank you, Sandy. All right, Sandy Reels, be back right after this. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Okay, well, this is fun. This is fun. All that noise. 17,000 people are descending on the hotel. And they're making a lot of noise on Radio Row, and I'm happy for that. That's fun. Kevin Servo just had a heck of a time getting down the escalator because of all those people wanting pictures. Oh with my you. gosh! Oh, you know it's flattering though. You know it's, sure it's, it's 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 you know I'm one of those rare Hollywood types. I've never been a Hollywood person anyway. But you know how many actors come out and are honestly open about the, being a conservative? Most of them are afraid. You know? Yes, they are. That's absolutely true. 
But, and uh, uh, and also know. just you you and Sam, your wife Sam. Yep. Sam has a felt for, toured her force herself. She has her own radio oh, show yeah. and writes books. And she's been a guest of mine many times, but people won't remember that. So I have to say it again. She's yeah. going to be here tomorrow. Is she? She's you, driving up tomorrow. What You guys met when you were doing a series. Hercules. Right? We Her- met in the set of Hercules. Oh, that one, yeah. 24 <laughs> years ago. We well, had- I always got to brag because, you know, we did become the most watched TV show in the world by season three, 176 countries. I know that's the sin of pride, but how many actors, how many people in the world can say they're the number one show in the world? And I'm like, Kevin, the Bible says that we should have an accurate view of ourselves. <laughs> no, no, listen. We should have an accurate view of ourselves. You should be proud of that. I'm Not proud, proud of, of yourself, proud of your accomplishment. That's an that's an accurate view. It was so pretty cool. You did it. Pretty yeah, cool. it was fun. Yeah. Anyway, and you got a beautiful wife out of it. And a couple. Your guy, your boys are huge, aren't they? Brayden now, my 20-year-old, yeah. he's gotten into powerlifting the last two years. <laughs> and I'm 6'3". He's 6'5", 245 pounds now. <laughs> and he's just getting huge. Oh, my huge. gosh. And I said, what are you doing? I said, you want to get into acting? I said, you're curtailing. He goes, well, The Rock did it. And I go, yeah, but there's only one rock every 20 years or so, you know. But and he already did The Riverboat. Or I know, but was he was in my last movie. I just directed a movie up in Canada. No kidding. Called uh, Left Behind, based on the Left Behind books. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. So it's really? the next chapter. Yeah, that'll be around Thanksgiving probably. And um, no. okay. And then I did I did the Reagan movie last year with Dennis Quaid as well. I play his pastor in the movie, and that's going to come out, I'm guessing, probably around Thanksgiving as well. Oh, wonderful. And then I have a really good documentary coming out from the Brent Miller's company. It's called Eating with the Enemy. It deals with the 12 disciples in the Last Supper. I love the title, Eating with the Enemy. And I narrated it. And I did one with those guys last year called Before the Wrath. And Before the Wrath was the number one documentary on Amazon for five months last year. Wow. And that deals, that. that deals with the second coming. you got to see it. It's, I, I highly like recommend it. Oh, then, then I, I, I'm on a roll with this. Well, My other documentary going. is with John Lennox. It's called Against the Tide. It's about proving God in a world of science. John Lennox is a retired math professor from Oxford University. We shot in Oxford. We shot in Israel. And uh, I'm on camera with him. I narrate it. But he is the rock star. And this guy is so, I call it apologetics for dummies like me. <laughs> so it's a, it's a great way to not only see, you know, Oxford, England, and see Israel through the videos we took, but also the, to really learn how to defend your faith against a faithless world. That was, actually, I was going to ask you that very question. Uh, for your personal life, as yeah. a Christian, you and Sam, late, you, you, she came to Christ later, but I don't remember your story. My whole life. Your my whole life. life. She came to Christ later, yeah. She was raised in, in the faith, the Jewish, Jewish faith, really, right. from a mother who was uh, and was not really that faithful. <laughs> so, But she just picked the Jewish faith as the one for her four daughters and said, this is what we're going to do. But her mom wasn't really the biggest believer in the world either. But uh, Sam went on her own journey and became a Christian uh, before I met her, and I've just been one my whole life. All right, so this is my question. So you're doing a lot of these movies that you about defending the faith. I can't even remember the names that you did in the past. They were great. God's not dead. Thank you. What if? Let Thank there you. be light. Soul Thank Surfer. You. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So that can become ho hum. Here's another one. I'm going to do it, or it can make your faith grow deeper. Sure. So that's my question. Have these various? Uh, what have they? How have they affected you in terms of your own thinking and your own understanding of your faith? Well, I think I'm be a little more educational about it, maybe. You know, educated within it. Um, I don't think it's changed maybe a stronger faith. I mean, I, I'm certainly not a perfect human being, but I never stopped believing there was a Jesus. Even the even the world's famous atheists like Singer and, and Hitchens and Dawkins, these guys. They don't deny Jesus existed. They, there was a guy named Jesus that went around and said sermons and things. Um, but 
I, I never really lost my faith. I did a lot of stupid stuff as a teenager and a 20-something guy, but I still do stupid stuff. But, I mean, I, I never really lost my faith or my belief, but I, um, I love doing movies. They don't necessarily have to be a faith-based movie for me, but I like doing movies that have hope and love, redemption, laughter, things that Hollywood doesn't do. Let's face it, they don't do it. So that brings me to sure. your, how you're treated in Hollywood and how you are. <laughs> Producers, are, are you really just anathema? You're off the list. They lost I'm your phone I'm number? I'm off the list. They, they lost your phone I number? I got booted out about uh, 10, 11 years ago. And I, thought, I found it interesting because I said, you guys are the ones screaming for tolerance all the time. But tolerance and freedom of speech are one-way streets with Hollywood. You know? yeah. And, and I, I, you know, Walt Disney said back in the 50s that movies and television will influence our youth. I think he was correct. And so I'm trying to do movies that are opposite of Hollywood because Hollywood's movies fill with anger, hate, sex, violence, divisiveness, and you know it's playing out quite well in our world right now. <laughs> yeah, understatement. How do you feel about your own kids? They were raised in a. I know that homeschool. Yes, homeschool. Because yeah. Sam is, but we should say she's very big in homeschooling. Yep. She's written about it and she uh, promotes it through organizations names, whose names I can't remember in the moment. But uh, <laughs> she does a great job. And uh, the boys are a product of that, but they're also a product of the culture. And imagine sure. they've been steeped in your life. Is probably a lot of your friends are in the industry. Uh, so, how do you feel about their own, like them and their peers? How are they managing this life right now? They are um, a lot more mature. And a lot more direct and a lot more truthful than I was at their age. I, I'm pretty impressed with them. And uh, it's, uh, it, it, I love that Sam made the move to say, let's do the homeschooling. And we've been doing it, I think, now for 12 years. And um, she does the bulk of it by far. She's a lot brighter than I am. But uh, I, I love what my kids are doing. I love, I love that they, they stand up for themselves and are not afraid to. You mentioned uh, friends in Hollywood. I don't have that many friends in Hollywood. Most of my friends are people I've known since I was in grade school back in Minnesota. You know, they were just down visiting last week here in Florida, actually. I get that. I used to be a singer, a professional singer. I did a lot of recording in Nashville. But I lived in Chicago in the suburbs, and I would be very tempted to go to Nashville because there's so much work there and sure. in the studios, and the more you're around people, the more they think of you and call you and all this. But um, I always, I actually, in the final analysis, felt it, found it was a benefit to not mm. live there, to be in a different world, suburban mom with my kids, you know, and then I sure. fly into that world and do my thing and then come back to normal life. And I think that creates good mental health. I yeah, do. well, we, we, we lived... We lived in Thousand Oaks, California. We were 45 miles north of L.A. and Hollywood. We weren't even in the Hollywood world that much. And we didn't do... I was never like a Hollywood guy. And I think a lot of it had to do with my upbringing. I'm a small-town Minnesota boy, you know. So yeah. I love the industry. I love being on the set. I love the creative process. But we, it was not... Uh, to me, it, it, I, my friends are the ones that have known me forever, and they can give me a hard time. I can give them a hard time. We can pick up where we left off, you know. Yeah, and, totally get yeah. that. I think that's just very, very sure. smart, very healthy, mentally yeah. healthy. So, uh, so what's your excuse then for not being? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Kevin, yes. you guys are watching the. Uh, Sam does a radio show, and you watch the news too. You comment. I see your comments sure. uh, from time to time. What's the situation that is? Most has your attention right now. There's a lot of juice from. Well, I, I still have a problem with voter fraud. I just think the voter fraud is a huge issue, and I, I honestly believe that there should be no doubt that we'll take both houses this year. And if we don't, then we have a big problem in this country because there's, you know, and I get attacked for that, but there's just no way Biden got you know 80 million votes. There's just no way, and uh, it's it's sad that we've come to that in in this. But um, you know, I'm I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep open my mouth. I make people mad. You know. Climate change, I call weather. Yeah, <laughs> really, called, really. I mean, it was God's idea. You know. 
You know, I agree with you. And I think what's happened with this uh, uh, Durham report last week yeah. or the week before last, I believe it was, um, has exposed what really was happening with Russia and the really oh, ridiculous sure. of narrative of collusion, which to me translates to understanding then the election was the same thing. It yeah. was Kabuki theater. Oh, give me a break. Yeah. Hillary, there's no way Putin wants Trump as president because he fears Trump. Absolutely. He doesn't fear Biden. He doesn't fear Hillary. Those guys made that stuff up from the start. I mean, it's just even that is in its in its own just simple form shows you that that it's all crazy and insanity. What's going on? But this is what's happening in the world right now. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's uh, I got a great honor. I got to talk about. I'm hosting the Lincoln Day dinner. Oh, you are at the uh, Mar-a-Lago. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Oh, oh, that. Oh, and, oh. I'm it's sorry. It's coming out March. March. I don't know what it is. Uh, who's 14 speaking? Or 15? Let's see. Mar-a-Lago at the Lincoln Day dinner. Who's speaking? Well, DeSantis, DeSantis always shows up. Okay. I think Pompeo's coming back in. Trump will always show up. 45 will definitely be showing up there. Um, uh, Rubio's going to be there. And, uh, he shouldn't be. <laughs> know, he'll be there. Just thought I'd say that. <laughs> so, you know, it's usually, it's, they're going to have, it's going to be a good night. And I, I'm, I'm honored and when that is it? I'm, it's, I think the, the, is it the 14th? I'm going to say around the 14th of March. That sounds right. But so I, it's I, a, a Friday, I believe. So somewhere around those dates. So what are you, are you getting your lines, your jokes all set up? I have no idea what they want me to do yet. So I'm having dinner with the women that uh, are bringing me in. You should come out dressed like Hercules. <laughs> you know, I'm going to come dressed. I'm going to wear maybe the outfit that I have. I'm going to wear here tomorrow. I have a suit. I have a suit made that's got all my Twitters on the inside and all over the vest. <laughs> that's great. Because I've got a big following on Twitter. Facebook took me I'm, down. Facebook well, oh, took me down. I'm shocked. Nine, I'm shocked. nine, ten months ago. How could they do that to you? I had 1.2 million followers and they took it down because I posted the truth. And the things I said, if I said it today, they, they wouldn't take me down. Are you? Did you find another outlet that you feel is CloudHub is awesome. I think CloudHub is a great place. Another great place is Free Space. Oh, CloudHub and FreeSpace are both run by conservative Christians. And uh, I still got Parler. Parler's doing pretty well for me. But Twitter Twitter started banning me quite a bit, but now they stopped. So I, I built it back up to about 750,000, but I was well over a million at one time. But I do my, my Twitters are like, you want to get rid of COVID? Tell the Clintons that COVID has something yeah, on no, it. I've read That's your, the kind of stuff that I've read I your do. Twitters. <laughs> so... Uh, so um, Getter. I've actually been Getter. I've been, with I'm, Getter. I'm putting on Getter as yeah. well. I'm, so, I'm going to all the ones that I can get out there. And yeah. Locals is another one that I'm doing. How about President Trump's new? Just I just signed up for it, true. Yeah, so I but I'm on a waiting truth, list. Truth Social. President right? Trump, take me off this seven. There's like 700,000 people ahead of me. <laughs> so take me off that stupid waiting list. <laughs> what a terrible problem to have. And I he's know. got so many that he I know. can't it's accommodate. In, it's incredible. Kevin, it's always great to see you and Sam. Well, it's really nice. You'll have Sam on here tomorrow, won't you? Well, I just might. You just might. Yeah. I'll so, tell her we were here. Yeah, please do. Oh. And uh, it's always great to see you. And, and also, so we'll look for the Reagan movie yep. coming out in the spring. Yep. Left Behind. Left Behind is already out right now. People oh, go let go to left. Um, no, I'm sorry. Left Behind comes out in in, the, in uh, no Reagan and Left Behind both <laughs> yeah. come out in November around November. November. Okay. Yeah. Eating with the enemy. Eating with the enemy midsummer. Okay. And before the... Before the Wrath is out right now. It's the number one documentary. Okay. Before the Wrath. Would it, be on, would it be on Netflix or... or It'd be on Amazon. For sure it's on before Amazon. The before, before the Wrath. Before the Wrath. It's really good. Kevin Sorbo, your champion. You are a real Hercules. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, mean, I try to be. Okay, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. <laughs>